0: here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast, and that means one thing only. It is one day before Kicker Friday. In addition to that, Mark Schofield and I, we're going to be talking about our plays of the week, looking at the best plays in the NFL on offense and on special teams. We started with special teams last week. It's only fair that I toss things over to my fine quarterback friend to start with offense this week. What do we have for the Harry Stamper all-go offensive play of the week this week, Mark? Well,
1: For this week, the Harris Stamper Offensive Play of the Week, brought to you by Stamper Oil, helping you drill deep. We're going to go a little AFC action. And we're going to take a look at a team that we haven't really talked about too much in the Quick podcast this season, and that's the Miami Dolphins. They had a big win against Buffalo, sort of a win that I don't think many people saw coming. um, Does Miami
0: have an offense?
1: They did for this game. Okay. And they particularly did for this one play. And... You know, what I want to focus on as a play, long touchdown pass uh, to Kenny Stills. It came with about 235 left in the game. And sort of the context around this play, look, it's Miami's got a four-point lead. And they've got a third and six on their own 33, 34, 33-yard 33 line. And, you know, they need a first down here. You know, Buffalo's got one timeout left. If Buffalo gets a stop – you know, there's a chance that Buffalo can go down the field and score, win this game. So Miami needed a big play. They go eleven personnel. They put Tannehill in the shotgun, and they've got Stills split wide to the right at the bottom of the numbers. Buffalo is in their base three four, and they're showing little cover one action. They've got press coverage over Stills. It stills just runs a simple vertical route. I mean, nothing fancy to it. Shows a slight little stutter step at the you know at the start of his route before then going deep. Tannehill does a pretty good job because this is a max protect two nine route situation. The other guy, on the other receiver on this other side of the field, he runs a nine route as well. Tannehill does a good job freezing the free safety in the middle of the field and then throw to the outside to stills on the outside stills. There's actually good coverage on him. The defender has pretty good coverage. The pass is slightly underthrown. So we get a really good adjustment from Stills, who comes back to the football makes the catch between the cornerback and the free safety at the Buffalo say 38-yard line. Free safety kind of overcommits to it, ends up taking out the cornerback, and then it's just off to the races. Stills just goes the distance, and in a flash now, you know Miami gets out to a twenty-eight seventeen lead with over just over two minutes to go, and they end up winning the game.
0: What do you like most about this play uh, when, when you uh, go back and examine it?
1: Yeah, it, it's the adjustment to the ball in the air from Stills. I mean, this is a situation where you know it's not a great ball. I mean, it's a when Tannehill lets it go, Stills is basically covered. I mean, the receiver's in good position. So what you're thinking Tannehill is going to do is sort of throw it to the outside, put it between the sideline and the receiver in a position where either the receiver comes down with it or it falls incomplete. But he ends up sort of underthrown it and still just makes an incredible adjustment, like stops on a dime to get back to the ball that's kind of left towards the middle of the field just a bit. The defender doesn't even have a chance. He's got good coverage, but you know by the time he realizes where the ball is, Stills is inside of him with the football in his hands. And then you know you get a good you know sometimes it's better to be lucky than good you get a good, catch a bit of a lucky break when that free safety comes crashing into the cornerback takes out the cornerback and then you know there's nobody within 35 yards that can make a play on stills
0: seems to me that stills is a guy who's never really been able to get on the same page as Ryan Tannehill the two years that he's been with the Dolphins both years he's been below 50 percent in uh, completion percentage going to him have you noticed anything in terms of why that may be at all or have you just not watched enough tape there
1: I mean I don't think I've watched enough tape to like truly make a definitive answer on that Um, you know but for this play alone you know obviously Shout out to Stills for the adju- adjustment. Um, also want to give a shout out to the running back on this play because, you know, they Bill's run a little, little green dog blitz where the linebacker blitzes after he sort of checks, you know, the, the pass routes. He sees that running back stay in, and so he comes after the blitz. And so the running back on this play, Jay Ajay, who obviously everybody's talking about, you know, the back-to-back sort of, Big games that he's had does a great job in blitz pick up here. You know, gets Tannehill that sort of last beat because you know as this play starts, you know the way the blocking sets up, that linebacker has a free shot at Tannehill. But you know, Jai steps up in the pocket, gets enough on him, gets Tannehill that last little split second. So you know, they make the big
0: play. Jay Ajay proving that even with back to back 200 yard rushing weeks, you can still find time for a little bit of blitz pick up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, having talked a little bit about the Dolphins, I want to give a shout out to one of our, you know, our favorite listeners, David Bullen. Uh, you can follow him at Twitter, at D Bullen, B U L L E N 98. Know he's a big time Dolphins fan. He is a Manchester United fan. We won't hold that against him, too. Yes, we will. Well, kind Yes, we will. Of. But, you know, I want to give David a shout out. I know he's a loyal listener, and, you know, he's going to be excited to hear us talking a little Dolphins action for him.
0: Yeah, we don't talk Dolphins, I think, uh, probably nearly enough. P- probably because it's, uh, and sorry, David, but it, it's been a little bit of a tough season. But, you know, hopefully, look, you look at this this Finns team and where they sit right now. You know, it's kind of interesting to see how the AFC East is developing. You know, they're sitting there at 3-4 and, and pretty much, uh, you know, one game out of second place there in the AFC East. Depending on how things go in Buffalo this week, they have the potential to end up, you know, tied for second place in the AFC East. And when you look at this in terms of playoff standings, you know they're only really uh, a game and a half out of a wild card berth. So if they do start to get things rolling, and you look at the schedule that they have coming up, they're at the Chargers, which you know road game is always going to be a little tough on the West Coast. But then you've got Rams, 49ers, Ravens. You've got some winnable games there for the Dolphins if they can put something together. So maybe the ball starts rolling in the right direction. We'll see.
1: We'll hope so for David's sake.
0: We'll see. Actually, I'm sorry. They actually have Jets this weekend. Or they have the bye this weekend and then the Jets. So you've got potentially, you know, four or five winnable games coming up. And uh, hopefully we can get a little more Dolphins talk coming for David, huh? There we go. Let's do a little special teams talk now.
1: All right, my friend. What do you got for us?
0: Well, today on the President Whitmore Weekly Medal of Special Teams, brought to you by Case Crop Dusting, Get Some Dust in Your Wind, uh, we're going to be talking about. Uh, a a kickoff return from the game that we talked about yesterday. Actually, we're going to be talking about uh, the Huff return from the Vikings Eagles game. And this takes place nine Oh five of the second quarter. And uh, Blair Wallace just drilled a 48 yard field goal and Minnesota is sitting around saying, okay, we're feeling pretty comfortable at this point. Uh, We had this field goal. We're up three, nothing. We've got control of the game midway through the second quarter. And they go to kickoff, and they kick off from their right hash from Philadelphia's left, and they pretty much put the ball right down the middle. It's a little bit uh, to the left they, they end up kicking to, but it's it's pretty much down the middle. It's between the left hash and the left uh, left numbers if you're looking down the field from Minnesota's perspective, which is how I'm going to do it just because it's how the tape is structured, and I'll get completely confused looking at it any other way ball goes all the way down to the two yard line so it's popped up a little bit it's got pretty good hang on at about 4.1 seconds so you have ample time for the Vikings to get downfield well what happens is that Huff pretty much takes the ball he makes not even one cut he pretty much runs straight up the field he makes kind of a almost you know two little half cuts he never really you know has to change direction too much but he pretty much goes up the field completely untouched and watching this There's kind of a couple things that stand out. The first is it's a phenomenal play design from the Eagles, okay? What they do is the the key block actually comes from someone who's coming from the backside from the right numbers over to the left, who pretty much what they do is they end up sealing off the L3, who is the safety and who was supposed to be protecting, kind of giving the second line of coverage here. So they wipe this guy all the way from the, again, the right side of the screen comes all the way across and just gets a great seal there. Other things that you see on this play, they double team the L2 right at the point of attack. And the L1, this this is the one area that Minnesota really has an issue on this play. The L1 notices that he's trying to be walled outside. So what he tries to do is he tries to go butt side of the defender just like you're taught. The problem is that he does it too late. And he doesn't realize where the returner is. And so in trying to go butt side, he moves himself out of the way of where the returner's actually trying to go. So he puts himself out of position just because he didn't have the awareness on the field to realize where he was. And that it wasn't time for him to go butt side anymore. He had to stand his guy up and be able to make the returner move laterally. So you saw a couple things there. But... I really like the play design coming from the Eagles. They double team right at the point of attack and get some good cross blocks, sealing everything off to the outside, which really makes everything work on this.
1: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the L one here because you know watching it, there's like two things that happen that kind of leave me scratch my head. First is the angle he takes. Like you know, he starts this play. You know, what do you think? Six seven yards from the sideline. Yep, and then. He starts tracking inside to the point where, when Huff actually makes the catch, he's down the numbers. He's at the top of the numbers. So one, he's drifted inside. Now that might be by design because it looks like they leaked somebody else. It might be the L three that you were talking about, sort of the sort of the, to the outside. Yep. So maybe that's by design, which is okay. But then, like you said, you know, and we talked this about a little bit last week. Like when you're talking going down the line, of f- going down the field in your lane, you're supposed to avoid butt side and they get back in your lane but don't those rules change once the guy has the ball in his hands at which point you're supposed to avoid towards the football
0: yeah pretty much what it is and and what you see here is that the the area of the field where you're typically talking about trying to avoid butt side is between the opposing 50 and the opposing 30 yard line here the l1 is down at the 17-yard line when he's trying to do this. And so, as you mentioned, look, you're not trying to go butt-side there. You're trying to go into the football, trying to make, uh, you know, make the returner go left and right. And, and that just doesn't happen here. He tries to go butt-side and gets taken right out of the play. The other thing, and I said that Huff goes almost untouched, okay? Here we go. We're, we're going to have a little talk about Blair Walsh here, okay? Yeah. I defended Blair Walsh when he missed that chip shot field goal in the playoffs because every kicker misses chip shot field goals at some point. We actually saw two on Monday night this week. How about that? By the way, special shout out to Skip Bayless. Skip, I know you said kickers aren't real football players. They're also the only ones that scored any points in the game on Monday night. So none of your real football players could do anything. Getting back to uh, the the purpose of uh, this conversation. Blair Walsh, okay? Blair Walsh is one of the safeties on this play. When you are a safety, your job is to make the play safe. You are the last line of defense. What that means is you do not run across the field and get out of the way of making a tackle. It is unacceptable. It is a bad look for kickers, and you simply do not do that. You lower your shoulder, you get in there, and if you get hurt, you deal with it, okay? You're a kicker. If your upper body's hurt, you'll be fine. You'll figure it out. You don't need to kick with your arms. You kick with your legs and your hips, Go, with, go in with your shoulder, deal with it, and, and don't make us look bad. You can't do that, Blair. It's, it's, it's not right. It's not right.
1: I, I don't want to be the guy defending the kicker to a kicker, but he does track this well.
0: No, no, I mean, no, 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 no. He tracks it well until right up when he's about to make the tackle, and then he literally backs out of the way.
1: He gets his helmet towards the sideline, and he's you know in position to f- at least force Huff back to where there's help. I'll give him that. It's, Unfortunately, there's no help to be found.
0: It's poor. It's I'm um, I'm sorry, but I, I and look you're, you're I, I've have de- defended Blair Walsh during some dark times when everyone wanted his head. I can't defend Blair Walsh on this one. You have to you have to make a better effort than that. At least fall down, make the guy jump over you and slow down. Don't you 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 gotta do something right. Yeah. I mean, it ain't great. You got to do something again. Just, you know, do you got to get more than a finger on him, especially, you know, he's coming right up the field. You've you've got an angle. You just I I don't need much. I just you need to make him slow down a little. You can't just have him take one step and be by you. So it's tough.
1: Doesn't have to do too much here. No,
0: it's and, and it's tough, but you need more from Blair Walsh. There, it's again. This this play is not his fault. There are far more, you know, there's far more issues and far more blocking that ends up working out that leads to it getting to him. But you need more there. You need this
1: more. is this is one of those situations where every guy in that Vikings kickoff team is wearing the white T-shirt to film review Monday morning, right? Well,
0: I'll, I'll tell you what. One guy that stands out to me is if you watch this tape, the R three. Okay, this is something that actually bothers me. Oh no, I'm sorry, it's the R4. This is something that bothers me if I'm the Vikings special teams coach. The R4 starts inside the right numbers, okay? The R4 ends up pretty much right where he started. He almost never crosses until the ball is past him going the other direction. If you watch, for some reason, he drifts wider right. He gets passed by the R3 who cuts far inside of him, realizing where the play is going. The R4 never even has anything to do with this play he never even gets blocked it's just he's a complete non-factor and he basically just
1: runs the loop
0: yeah he's pretty much just running like he runs like a hundred yard loop and never touches a single person
1: yeah the more and more i'm watching this this is like it's
0: not it's not his fault but it's like you can't like. What are you doing there? Like, you have to show some involvement in the play instead of going the opposite direction of where the ball. I'm was watching going.
1: R- Now I'm watching R. One. Basically does the same thing. He gets to about the twenty and then just almost stops.
0: Yeah, it's it's. Look, the thing that you always hear. Look, even if you're on the back side, you can't do that. As you, met, yeah, the R. One stops on the twenty. Now, like, I don't even think he gets back across the forty yard line when it's all said and done. So, yeah. this is this is an effort situation and when we're talking about Blair Walsh on this in terms of problems okay Blair had a nice kick and everything Blair's probably somewhere like seventh or eighth on the list out of the 11 guys on the field but you just can't look that bad man you can't look that bad
1: nobody's wearing that gray shirt to film session Monday man because they're gonna be sweating when this play comes up
0: yep that's that's gonna be a tough one to watch so they got to get their act together on that one hopefully they will we'll see what happens so that's our special teams play of the week Brought Fantastic. to you by Case Crop Dusting. Get some dust in your wind. That's a um, good tagline. Yeah, I made it up. It's, it's a good bad. one. It's not bad. Um, let's call it a date, and then we'll move on to Kicker Friday tomorrow. How about that, buddy? Love it. That's all we got today. A little bit more special teams talk with Kicker Friday tomorrow. We're heading down to New Orleans talking a little bit of Saints and a little Thomas Morstead bouncing back. That's tomorrow on the Quick Kicks Podcast.